Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We bring on our next guest. He is the Veterans of Forum Wars Legislative Director, as well as a veteran himself serving in that United States Marine Corps, Carlos Fuentes. Carlos, good morning. How are you today? Morning, Eric. Good to have you. Good I, to be here I didn't, today. I didn't turn the microphone on right away, so I only got, I cut you off. I, it's it's Friday, which is almost as bad as Monday for me, and I've got the added stress of my little guy being out there and trying to, I mean, Jake's watching him, but he's still my responsibility, so trying to keep an eye on what he's doing and what he's doing out there. So you, I'd, I'd have him in the studio, but that wouldn't work. No, you're fine. Be I can teach him how to say hurrah for you. Uh, no, that's okay. We don't need to. We don't need to teach him silly things. He needs to learn <laughs> important things. Um, yeah, breaking news: the French media saying that the man holding hostages in France claims allegiance to ISIS, uh, which is interesting. They typically don't take hostages. Uh, they typically just try to kill. So maybe uh, his hostage taking they might be worried is uh, just a step towards then killing everybody and having as much media attention as possible because he's delayed that fact. But uh, yeah, we'll let you know if anything develops there. But we are here to talk to Carlos about the omnibus spending bill that was passed by the House, I mean, just yesterday afternoon. And then we also have the uh, uh, you know Senate taking a look at it, the president taking a look at it. If it doesn't go through today, the government shuts down, right? So it's looking... Pretty likely that it goes through, especially since, uh, you know, everybody seems to be in agreement on the thing. I mean, it passed the House with uh, a majority, a clear majority of that. Uh, most of the people voting against it um, were Democrats, as we talked to AMVETS about yesterday. They were going to vote against it no matter what, essentially, because they saw it as a little of a bit of a political move. There have been some conversations going on around what's in there for veterans, what was blocked from being in there for veterans. So first, Carlos, taking a look at the omnibus spending bill overall, how is the VFW viewing this? Is this a success for veterans from our perspective? Is it a failure from our perspective? A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B? A little bit of both. And uh, just want a, a quick update, actually. The Senate, uh, because they wanted to get home, uh, <laughs> voted on this bill late last night, so it's cleared the Senate as well and it's heading over to the President's desk. Overall, there are some great things in there for veterans, uh, more funding for uh, service members, more funding for, for veteran programs. Uh, there are some things that were left out, which uh, we're very disappointed, weren't able to get in there um, due to some opposition from, from um, several folks. But, um, you know, what is in there is, is good for veterans and, and, uh, you know, we, we, you know, look forward to discussing it and hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll get out there and, and, and folks know about it. The things that were left out, uh, as we were speaking about yesterday with Joe were things that, uh, Interestingly enough, all the VSOs agreed should be in there. The Senate Republicans and Democrats agreed should be in there. The House Republicans, the White House, everybody agreed that these things like expanding uh, disabled veteran care to pre-9-11 veterans, those who were injured in the line of duty before September 11th, like our Vietnam veterans, for example, the largest group who would be helped by that. Um, 
these were things that everyone agreed on, with the exception, apparently, of a segment of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. It seems, from my perspective and having looked into this a little bit, fairly clear that what they were doing was politically motivated, that, you know, they, they just didn't, they wanted to be able to campaign with the midterm elections coming up in November by saying, well, I was against this uh, spending bill that the president uh, was for, because that's essentially what people are running on this fall is going to be whether they're with or against President Trump. Um, how does VFW view that aspect of it, where they pulled these things out that would have been uh, massive sea changes for the veteran community, including a more permanent funding solution for choice was in there originally. They blocked that from getting in. I mean, there's good stuff in there, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But some of the things that they pulled out were uh, things that would have been immensely beneficial to the veteran community. It's unacceptable, frankly. And it was just them, uh, you know, standing in the way of progress. It's three things that um, have been a priority for the veterans community for quite some time, uh, improving and, and making permanent the choice program, but also uh, the caregivers program. It's uh, completely unacceptable that pre 9-11 veterans aren't eligible for this great program. And we all know uh, the average age of a VA medical facilities over 50 years old. We need to fix the ones that we are, are, are old and, 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 and frankly realign folk, uh, the ones that are no longer needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Nancy Pelosi voted for this, for the bill, the, uh, the spending bill, the omnibus bill, uh, but she refused to support the deal. Um, you know, we, we asked her what, what about it? Don't you support? I mean, brack is a bad word uh, yeah. around this town, but, uh, frankly, sometimes it's necessary and she misunderstood um, what the the infrastructure realignment sections of, of this deal would do. Um, and, you know, frankly, we, we wanted to make sure we could broker a deal, but she didn't have anything to offer. So yeah. she was just... Isn't it uh, her job to understand those things and to look into it, or her staff anyway, to make sure that she's well-informed? I mean, how does something like that happen with the minority leader within the House of Representatives? And really what it comes down to is... Um, and like I said, perceptions of what BRAC mm-hmm. entails. Uh, we worked with uh, Chairman Rowe to improve this this bill to to, to make it so that uh, you know it improves programs, it expands uh, facilities, and not just closes uh, facilities down. Yeah. And you know, like I said, when when it comes to that word BRAC, a lot of folks just automatically turn to all right. So what facility is going to close? Is it going to be the one in my in my district, down. yeah, that's going to cause a loss of jobs, and then people will be able to point at me in those midterm elections coming up and say, hey, you, how come this happened on your watch? Why didn't you save it for us? I mean, it's uh, you can understand why they would worry about that, but it seems that uh, they're focusing on uh, one tree and not looking at the whole forest. Exactly. You're absolutely right. That's a good analogy because ultimately there are some needs in all these districts, and uh, it could have also pointed to this specific decision and said that's why we got this shiny new medical facility because we've been needing it for 10 years and weren't able to get it. Yep. And uh, that's the thing. When you talk about BRAC, again, just shutting things down and not replacing them uh, or, or not folding what they have into other places, that will happen occasionally. But typically, that's what you're hoping for in BRAC is that you'll find a base that serves a purpose, but maybe you can fold its purpose into another place. Something like that. Looking at VA facilities, I mean, I can use the VA hospital that I went to in New York, Northport, on Long Island. 
it's this massive campus, and I'm like, what exactly are they doing there? I mean, you've got a hospital, and then you've got a hundred other buildings that they're paying to maintain. That apparently they have a lot of them have been shut down and condemned, and people can't go in because they're a hundred years old. They mm-hmm. all have lead-based paint and asbestos everywhere. I mean, I, it, basically, we're paying to to maintain and keep these buildings running. That. Uh, running that people can't even use, that people aren't even allowed to go into. So a a serious issue, clearly. The secretary says he spends $25 million a year maintaining underutilized and unused facilities. I mean, those are the types of things that you need to get off the books. You know, you're certainly going to have situations where facilities are, you know, busting at the seams and, and need to be improved as well. So you have to find those that need to be downsized or eliminated and find the ones that need to be expanded as well. Right. Well, we're speaking with Carlos Fuentes. He is the legislative director from the Veterans of Forum Wars. We're talking about the omnibus spending bill and, you know, some negative things, obviously, that we've been talking about up to this point. And there were the negative things that we talked about uh, yesterday with Joe Chanelli from AMVETS. Uh, the VSOs were all in agreement on this stuff. They wanted all this good stuff in there. And for a variety of reasons, as you mentioned, uh, a large part of them coming specifically from one group. The Democrats in the House of Representatives didn't even agree with the Democrats in the Senate uh, on this issue. So not everything was taken out, though. There's some good stuff that got in there, right, Carlos? I mean, it's this isn't a total loss for veterans. You said just a few minutes ago, a little from column A, a little from column B. So what's in column A? What are the wins for veterans in this spending bill? So you got some really good provisions in there. Uh, one of them is uh, providing mental health care to veterans who were discharged with other honorable uh, discharges. And, and, and frankly, you know, they're more likely to commit suicide than veterans who were discharged under honorable conditions. Uh, right now, they are eligible for mental health care at VA, but it's only if um, they face an urgent or emergent uh, mental health care uh, crisis. And, and frankly, you know, we want to make sure that uh, we, we reduce the rate of suicide among veterans. So anything that we can do is it's a huge positive. And this is a huge expansion of programs for, for, for veterans who, who truly need it. Yeah. So, And, the, and again, a serious issue where uh, the, the perspe- perception, I think, in the veteran community has been that uh, private groups, that that civilian groups, nonprofits, and otherwise have been doing more to address the issue of veteran suicide than the actual federal government has, uh, which uh, a lot of people see as unacceptable in that you know, these were government employees, that many of them were uh, traumatized and injured in many ways while serving the nation, and then didn't get much from the nation in the way of treatment and help for that. So is that why this is a big move, that it actually shows the federal government moving in a positive direction on this and not leaving it to groups like you know Mission 22 or all the other ones out there? Certainly. And uh, many of these uh, OTH veterans, frankly, were kicked out uh, with bad paper because they were, you know, undiagnosed mental health care conditions or, you know, they self-medicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, frankly, you know, the, the suicide issue is, is, is a priority, uh, for the VFW. Um, that's why we're encouraging our, our post to hold, uh, mental wellness campaigns to destigmatize mental health and, 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 you know, show folks where they need to go when they need care, but, uh, you know, DOD and VA, uh, need to continue to do more. There's a, um, uh, executive order that was recently signed that kind of gets them and the department of uh, Homeland security together to, to find a way forward. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing that plan. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, the bad paper discharge issue specifically is one that I, I think there are a lot of people who don't fully understand it and don't understand uh, exactly what the issue is. And when we talk about bad paper discharge and people getting an OTH, I, it's a difficult subject to really parse because there are some people, Carlos, that we know who got other than honorable discharges who were fully deserving of those. Is there a possibility that I know some people are worried about this, that some of those, um, let's say the dirt bags out there might get uh, benefit from this alongside those who truly should, those who are suffering from PTSD, which may have caused behavioral issues, TBIs and things like that. Is that a concern or are we more concerned about just getting help to those who need it? And if somebody else sneaks in there and gets a little bit of that uh, assistance as well, uh, so be it. And what it comes down to is this is not... um expansion of, of benefits so they're not receiving disability compensation not receiving other benefits we were just talking about the va home loan and yeah and becoming homeowners uh you know those benefits aren't being exp- uh, expanded at the moment this is for health care this is for mental health care specifically um and, and frankly you have 20 veterans uh committing suicide today and and uh you know whether it's bad paper discharge or was it one of the you know, folks who who deserved a bad paper discharge or not, yeah. you know, they serve their country and want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're not having folks committing suicide. Yeah. I mean, either way, even if it is, you know, and everybody served with someone who was like that unit, just dirtbag or weirdo or whatever, just didn't fit in the military, wasn't for them or whatever the case may be. Um, that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't provide, you know, when it comes to things like mental health care for them, giving them assistance when they're struggling because, you know, just because they were the, the unit scumbag doesn't mean that they deserve to die essentially is what it comes down to. Right. I agree with you on that point. I mean, there, <laughs> there, there are other components of this bill that I think are, are certainly worth highlighting. Uh, you know, the VA has made the decision to adopt the same electronic healthcare record as DOD. So this deal will fully fund uh, the first iteration of, of this uh, program so that VA can actually start implementing it. And, and frankly, we'll kind of do away from this whole notion of uh, your DOD medical records not being able to transfer to VA. I mean, that's been a pr- priority for quite some time. And yep. It impacts delivery of healthcare, so we want to make sure that that's taken care of. This omnibus fully funds that, which is which is excellent. VA had planned to take money from healthcare or other IT projects to fund it. Um, this bill ensures that they don't have to do that. It's new money for for a very important program. Yeah, and there are you know a, a lot of things that need to be funded, and and part of the uh, the conversation and one of the excuses that we've heard uh, from the Democrats in the House who didn't want, uh, and I saw some Facebook comments on a story I wrote yesterday uh, from people saying like, well, you know, they they don't have funding for this program, so how are they going to be able to do that? And blah blah blah. How does it work? You're the legislative director for the VFW, Carlos Fuentes, Marine Corps veteran, here with us on the morning briefing. How does it work? I mean, do you have to secure the funding before the program gets through? Uh, do you have to create the program before you can secure the funding? It's kind of like a chicken and an egg situation, which can benefit the politicians, I think, when they can say, well, there's no funding for this program. Yeah, And then the other side says, but the program doesn't exist. How are we supposed to get funding without that? How does that typically normally work? And when it comes to things like um, you know finding funding for choice, finding funding for expanding benefits to pre-9-11 disabled veterans, how do we move forward on that and get that fixed so that that excuse isn't even able to be used? You know, there are a lot of priorities 
um, competing priorities when it comes to finite resources, right? Um, you know, if it's a, an approved program, if it's, you know, there's a thing called authorizations and then you also got the appropriations. Um, but if there's no money, then the program is not going to, you know, be implemented. Uh, so every single time we pass bills, we want to make sure that you go back and ensure the money is there. Mm. Right. Um, also when it comes to like the caregiver program, if not enough money is there, then you have folks who need the program who can't receive it because it's, you know, the department doesn't have enough money for it. So money's always an issue. There's never enough to go around. And, and you know, that's why, uh, frankly, the, the VFWs made it uh, their number one priority this year to end sequestration so that, uh, you know, lack of money and, and budget shortfalls don't impact service members, veterans, and their families. You know, we uh, actually received this morning the omnibus bill statement from the VFW, the press release on that. And one of the quotes in there says, everyone in Congress constantly brags that taking care of veterans is a nonpartisan issue. So I have to ask why Congress wouldn't support improving the VA choice program or allowing more family caregivers to access VA support programs or to improve and realign VA's aging infrastructure that still has to be maintained at taxpayer expense. That's VFW National Commander Keith Harmon. This is an issue when it comes to the things that did get in and didn't get in that the VSOs joined together on. I mean, you guys, the VFW, Disabled American Veterans, Vietnam Veterans of America, American Legion, AMVETS. It's not often that you're all pulling in exactly the same direction, but this time it was the case. And seeing these big ticket items not get in there. I mean, we've already heard from one yesterday and uh, it seems that there's a little bit of frustration from everybody, including national commander Harmon from over at the VFW. Do you think the VFW and the other VSOs can join together to try and get those things pushed through separately, or is that going to be a tall order? So that's the, that's the next mission um, to make sure that they don't go off on their own corners and, and uh, let, the, the the programs is language. We we want to make sure that uh, there's some momentum here. We want to make sure that it's carried um, and it continues so that uh, these issues need to be addressed. I mean, there are some other things that were left out of that deal that we would like to push. You know, there's there's issues at VA medical facilities that need to be uh, addressed, and 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 frankly, we need to hire folks faster. Um, you There's know, like 40,000 job openings at the VA right now. So, it, hey, if you're a medical professional, <laughs> the problem is they have those openings, but they're not hiring for all of them. You know? It takes them like six months to a year to get in there. So, you know, we want to, we want to fix those issues too that weren't included in the deal. And, and moving forward, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, what they call the four corners, you know, uh, Senator Isaacson and Tester and, and Congressman Rowe and, and Walls, um, you know, get to a point of agreement they weren't able to reach that uh this past week but moving forward uh you know the urgency and the need for action is still there so we want to make sure that uh they they carry out the their their obligations we're speaking with Carlos Fuentes, Legislative Director of the VFW, about the omnibus spending bill. Some positives in there for veterans, as Carlos brought up today. Also some frustration from the VSO community and the veteran community in general at some provisions that were left out of the omnibus spending bill that would have been of huge benefit to the veteran community. The way forward, I mean, the omnibus spending bill doesn't come along every month. This isn't something that can happen like that. So 
does it make it more or more difficult or easier to get something focused on on uh, its own specific level? And what I mean by that is, let's say the VSOs join together, as we were just mentioning, and say, hey, we need this choice funding thing through, and they get it brought up, and they get it to the point where it's brought for a vote. There's no way to you know say the, the, to focus on anything else, any other part of the bill, if it is the only thing. Does that make it harder or easier, do you think? It makes it harder. Um, you know, we knew that there was going to be folks who voted, who were going to vote against this omnibus, um, mainly a lot of the physical hawks in, in the house. We knew that they were going to vote against it. Uh, but now, you know, if it's a standalone provision, we know that that is what they're going to look at. So it's about having a strong bipartisan support to ensure that you have the votes. Um, issue is how do you get there? Right. You know, when you had folks who were going to vote against it, then, you know, you're able to not necessarily ignore them, but you understand that uh, you're not going to get their support. Um, moving forward, you're going to have to kind of appease everyone, uh, which makes it e harder and, uh, you know, the more negotiating that needs to occur. Do you think that those who, who blocked this stuff from getting in there, we talked about Representative Pelosi, and uh, you know we've also talked uh, previously about the fact that Tim Waltz, who was the uh, ranking uh, uh, Democrat in the House on the Veterans Affairs Committee, he was not in town while this all happened, basically. He was campaigning because he's running for, uh, I think, governor out in Minnesota or something like that. Um, do you think that that... You know, the, the VSOs speaking out on this and making their thoughts known on it. Do you think that'll have any positive effect with the people who block these items from getting in for what, again, appears to be clearly political reasons? Do you think that uh, the voices of all of you joined together saying, hey, we see what you did. We realize it. We recognize it. We don't appreciate it. Do you think that can have a positive effect or do you hope that it does? We hope it does. And, and our job is to hold them accountable. You know, when when folks prioritize and support veterans will we'll laud them publicly and say what well, great jobs they've they've done but if they stand in the way we'll let them know yeah. um and ultimately uh, you know w the the veterans we represent are the ones who are going to hold them accountable in the ballot box but um you know we we are fortunate that uh, veterans issues tend to be bipartisan so right. you know this is not something that we talk about every day um, I think this is a, a one-off and we're hoping it's a one-off. Um, we know that, uh, uh, representative Tim Walls and representative, uh, Nancy Pelosi both support veterans and have been strong advocates for particular provisions of that were included in, in the deal. Uh, so, so we're, we're hoping that, um, you know, moving forward, we can get their support and that, uh, they'll do the right thing. Carlos Fuentes, legislative director of the VFW, has been here speaking to us about the omnibus spending bill. Some positives, but also a lot of frustration from the VFW as well as the other VSOs on what could have been. I mean, what is isn't awful, but what could have been, well, it could have been amazing. Of course, Carlos works with the VFW on legislation constantly. And Carlos, if people want to find out more about what the VFW is doing every day, where do they go to find out? Go to vfw.org slash advocacy. There you go. And that's where you're going to find everything that Carlos and the rest of the team over at the VFW is working on. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.